Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. It's Monday in December. Early in December. Might be the 7th. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. I will not be going anywhere for Christmas. I mean, I might be doing some fun things for Christmas, but I will continue to do the podcast once a week on a special surprise day of the week, my choosing. Loads of people on my dick about the podcast. Where's the podcast? Here it is. I had a real laugh today at the expense of Rudy Giuliani. If you don't know him, he was the mayor of New York. He's a senator or something. I think he's Donald Trump's attorney at this point. You know how they do with their friends. You appoint them to loads of different positions. I saw a tweet outlining the shocker of a year that Rudy Giuliani has had. Not even the year. It's like the month. What a month. So he's been diagnosed with COVID now. You know, that's a shame. We don't wish that upon anyone in the telling everybody everything family. Though... I'll get it. I'm sure I'd be fine to have it. I'll have it. I think I've had it. But someone old, you know, not ideal. But at the beginning, about a month ago, he was, of course, featured in the Borat movie, allegedly unbuttoning his pants and making very, I would say, a pass, but just general behavior for men that age when he was at his most virile. I think it was totally fine to stroke the leg of an interviewer and invite her for a drink in the bedroom of your hotel. I don't know. I don't know what was normal. Just what my mother tells me. And it sounds like that type of behavior was rife. But anyway, he demonstrates this behavior in the new Borat movie, Borat 2. And a lot of people were like, you were getting your dick out. You thought she was going to suck your dick, didn't you? And he's like, no, I was tucking in my shirt. It's not up to me to judge which one of those takes is the correct one. I wouldn't lie down on a hotel bed in front of a basic stranger to tuck my shirt in, but that doesn't mean that he wouldn't. I mean, MPs like to lie down. You see Jacob Rees-Mogg lounging in Parliament. They like to lie down. So, so that's how he started his month. Big media storm about that. Then he tried to host a press conference at the Four Seasons. My favorite chain of hotels, by the way, a beautiful chain of hotels. Violet and I traveled to Four Seasons, well, we used to, all around the world. Oh, we got to go to Washington, Vegas, Los Angeles, Four Seasons in Mexico. Love a Four Seasons. You know what you're going to get at a Four Seasons. They are costly, but I feel good value. And they prioritize children. And that's what I like. He tried to organize a press conference or someone from his team did, and it ended up at being the Four Seasons 
landscaping place outdoors. I think we all saw this. That was hilarious. Then he was sweating during his speech and his hair dye ran down his face. That was hilarious. Then he definitely farted during some type of hearing and he was miked so everyone heard it. And the lady beside him looked at him when it happened. So like he couldn't get out of it. He definitely farted during this thing. And now he has COVID. Like what? A month for Rudy Giuliani. Think whatever you think about the man. That is a shocking month. And it really made me laugh. Just the specificity of all those things going wrong. (laughs) I loved it. Not much else has been going on, really. I've done a little bit of work. I'm not going to talk too much about my week because I did commit to an emails bonanza. I receive hundreds of emails. If you would ever like to send me one, the address is everything at gmail.com. I look forward to receiving your email. I read a lot of them, but I don't get a chance to answer many because I talk for too long. So today I'm going to do lots of emails, but I just wanted to preface the email bonanza by saying, I'm out of the loop. I don't know what's happened to me because I used to watch Love Island along with the nation. I have on occasion tuned into I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. But this year, I am fully out. I have not seen any episodes of Strictly, zero episodes of I'm a Celeb. I'm not with the rest of the nation watching things. I don't watch The Crown. I have not seen The Queen's Gambit. What happened? I feel like I'm taking the Kardashian cancellation very tough. And I've reached this new phase of, no, I want to watch 90 Day Fiance or nothing. Nothing else cheers me up. Do I want to see a bunch of celebrities? Maybe that's what it is. I'm just in a different place where I don't know a lot of these celebrities. The one who was the winner, I don't think it's a spoiler at this point. She was called Giovanna. I like her. I do know who that is because she is the wife. And I hate to always define someone by a wife, but that is how she came into our lives. I think the wife of a really kind man called Tom, who is a musician for McFly. And I was always a huge fan of that band. I think they're lovely boys. And then she began, you know, mom Instagramming. And now she's an author and she really connects with people in a beautiful way. I like that woman. I have no beef with anyone on I'm a Celeb. Mo Farah, big favorite in the Ryan Kutstra household. But I just, watching a bunch of celebrities locked somewhere, doing mean things to bugs, snakes, like harassing snakes. I just can't, not in this pandemic. I'm dealing with too many snakes in the real world to be entertained by something like that. I don't want to see a young presenter from the radio be antagonized in a coffin of snakes. It's just not the place, the mental place that I'm at. I love Strictly. I've been watching the clips because I'm good friends with Clara Amfo, Oti Mabuse a little bit. I love the show normally. I know that it uplifts people and that's what they need. Creeps me out without an audience. Creeps me out without an audience. I don't like to draw attention to what's happening right now in my own mind. And when I watch 90 Day Fiance, well, no, because they have like quarantine editions as well. But I don't know what it is. I think I just don't have any empathy for the contributors of 90 Day Fiance. So it doesn't bother me. I just, I can't, I'm not living a normal entertainment life yet. And I would like to get back to it. The crown though, not, it's not going to cheer me up. I know all about the mistreatment of Princess Diana. And to be very honest with you, reliving it now, even with a little fictional spin on it, is too hurtful. Why is everyone in the Queen's Gambit British pretending to be American? That's all I have to say about that. Christmas television is already depressing me and it's not even Christmas. They have released 
the BBC list of what they're going to show. Very excited about Daisy May Cooper. Very excited about the return of the Vicar of Dibley. Only what do I see trending the other day? Don French. All right. I click on that. See what's going on. The Vicar of Dibley is taking a knee for Black Lives Matter. And would you believe it? Non-racist Britain. Millwall booing Britain. Sainsbury's boycotting Britain is pissed off about this. But they're not racist. No, no. There's no structure of prejudice in this country. But now they're all heated up. Oh, no, I will not be. Uh, Oh, my license fee, I have to pay it and watch this shit. You haven't even seen it. So why don't you relax? I'll come back to TV. It is inevitable. It's one of my favorite things. But I have moved into books and podcasts. I really have. It's helping me sleep. I'm finding a lot of interesting stuff on there. And can you believe that I was very anti-podcast for a number of years? I was like, we'll see. I never wanted to jump on the bandwagon of what a lot of white male comics all over the world were doing. I was like, let these boys have their pastime. No, it's really fun. And I listened to so many good ones. I was a guest on Sue Perkins' podcast. It's called An Hour or So With. Wonderful chat. I didn't even realize the podcast had started and we were halfway through. I listened to one from America called Scam Goddess. I'm getting my list up here. I really love the Gemma Collins podcast. Of course, Walking the Dog, hosted and created by my BFF, Emily Dean. I don't really listen to the murder ones. You know where I am with murder at the minute. I just, I think that we're fetishizing the slaying of women for entertainment. This is another reason I can't watch TV because what are all the top documentaries? I thought, oh, I'm going to give myself a rest from all these murders and watch The Undoing, which I honestly believed was about Nicole Kidman eventually taking one of her designer coats off. It is not. And I have expressed my disdain about this, but I mean, the gratuitous violence. And this is not a spoiler. It's a good show. I enjoyed The Undoing. It was a great limited series, a fun watch, not a lot of fat in the script. I say fun. I mean, it was harrowing, but I liked watching it and trying to figure out. It's like a whodunit. So it's not a spoiler to tell you that a woman is murdered. An ethnic minority woman is murdered. And then we follow around a rich white family and try to figure out what the fuck happened. Um, not only is she murdered, but it's so... Ugh. We don't know anything about her apart from she's got great boobs. She's really sexy. She's described as crazy a lot. She's crazy. You know, she's crazy and sexy. And we see her having sex. And we see her being murdered at the end. So you find out, you know, there's a nice closure there if that's the kind of closure you want. And they show photos of it. And she wasn't just murdered a bit. It was very violent. And they show photos in a courtroom where there are children. And they show photos in front of her own child. And this would never happen. But why am I seeing it happen in a drama again and again? Like, you wouldn't believe it. Having your eyes open to this kind of thing is a burden. Being a vocal feminist my entire life is a burden. It lost me friends. It made people think I was weird. I didn't enjoy art the same way. But I mean, now, (laughs) yeah, there's nothing I can watch but 90 Day Fiance. And don't you worry. There are structural power imbalances, injustices in that, and I find those distracting as well. But overall, it's a laugh. I'm going to very quickly tell you some Christmas gifts that I've been thinking would be good. And then I'm going to move on to the email bonanza because I think we have to do our Christmas shopping. I mean, if you're going to do it, I think you have to kind of do it online now. And if you know any 12, 11 year old girls, I'm pretty much in the know for what they want. So they want these wearable blankets 
you know, I think it was called a slanket and it came out on the Home Shopping Network a while ago. It really is when you've given up on life, you wear a slanket, but they're good novelty gifts for Christmas and they're popularized on TikTok now, which is how I know they're absolutely in. If you had a daughter or a niece or a cousin or a friend's daughter or whomever who's really into visco, do you remember visco about a year ago? Visco's dead. And now it's all about indie. So they want indie phone cases and they want stickers from Redbubble and they like LED lights. And Violet also likes these hanging worms. They're like kind of a magic trick toy. They're on a little fishing wire. It's just a simple fuzzy little worm, but they hang them around decoratively. It just looks like they got actual radioactive moths cocooned all over the room. I don't get it. It's what they want to do. I was absolutely thrilled to find that Violet still likes a toy. That toy is Squishmallows. You can find these at Smith's. Well, you can't. They're sold out at the minute. I mean, they're on Amazon. You can find them online, I'm sure. Different places. Squishmallows. They're these little squishy toys and they come in different sizes. Kids love those. Ooh, if you have little, little kids like Jen Mahalski Bray, costume designer for me on the Duchess and for a lot of other people, actually. She did the wedding outfit that Bev wore. She did the beautiful pub outfit that Maya Jamma wore without an assistant, mind you. Jen has two really little kids. So Hudson, he's a little baby boy. Don't really know anything about him. Don't know what to get him. Waverly is just two and a half. And she has these books. She's had them for about the last year. And they're called Poke a Dot but like poke as though you're poking someone in the eye. And there are the sensory books that you see, you know, babies will have felt books, different books to touch and play with and windows to open in the book. These are almost like bubble wrap, but really safe. So there are under the sea poke a dot books and farm ones and truck ones and Christmas ones. And they pop these little bubbles with their fingers. It's a great time. And they didn't have that when Violet was little. So these books are a slam dunk if you know a little baby. Other things for kids, though, there's this twisted candle. It's called Lex Pot Twisted Candle. It just looks like two traditional candles, but at the base, they stand up because they're twisted together with wax. This is also popular on TikTok. I don't know why. They also want reusable cups for their iced coffees and things. You can get really pretty different ones. And Violet wants a tortilla blanket. And if you Google that, it is very disturbing and she wants it. Giant beanbag chair. They like hanging chairs as well. But my advice would be probably don't drill that into your ceiling. Get one with a stand. Lastly, she has asked for a chubby seal pillow. I did not think this was something I was going to be able to find, but I searched it up and this is, this seal is everywhere. He is getting around. Do you know what seal is in French, by the way? It's fuck. You spell it P-H-O-Q-U-E. Tell that to a child for Christmas. They love it. They walk around saying fuck and they're not swearing. They're speaking French. So get your children a baby fuck and you can have him in all different sizes. He's really cute, actually. Chubby seal toy. What a winner. And that's about it, really. Air Force Ones, they all like again. They don't even know the hit by Nelly that kept us going in high school. And as for adults... My problem with Christmas, because I do think it's really lovely to gift, of course, a lovely bottle of something that they enjoy. Um, if you see something that makes you think of a friend, I think it's always nice to pick that up. If it's really personalized, you know they're going to love it. But Christmas lists from adults to adults absolutely wind me up. Be spontaneous. Why are you exchanging errands? I've been pressurized in my life before for a Christmas list, and I will not produce one because. I'm not going to write down a list of what mascara I use and what different bath salts I need and what kind of wine I drink. 
I'm going to go buy those things for myself throughout the year, if and when I can. And if you see something that makes you think of me, then that's very touching and I will gladly accept that. And I will do the same for you. But why we would go to the trouble of exchanging each other's errands is beyond me. The aforementioned Jennifer Mahalski Bray always puts up a wonderful 12 Days of Christmas suggestion list, and there's some great things on there. Maybe I'll ring her up next week, which will actually be less than a week away at this point. And I will ask her, we can give you a Christmas list for adults for those of you who are rushing next week, and I think I will be among you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh no, the first email is about BK smoking and politics. <laughs> Catherine, I love your podcast. I've told all my friends about it on Instagram. Thanks. I heard you recently allude to the fact that your husband has been secretly smoking while playing golf and that he, <laughs> and little stars around it, and that he has more right-wing views than you politically. This was jarring to hear. For me, smoking is an absolute no in a partner because one of my core values is taking care of my health, and the same goes for politics. I couldn't imagine being able to coexist with a partner who were in any way excusing of the cruel actions of the right-wing governments. How do you square that circle? Have I got it all wrong? (laughs) Happy Christmas. Well, I don't really want to go into my marriage too much without Bobby being physically here. Uh, You've not got it wrong. It is... Not as bad as you think, let's just say that. Bobby and I have a lot going on this year, and I think we're actually embarking on a project soon where he's going to be allowed to have more of a voice about these things. Not these things specifically, just more of a voice of his own without just me always being on the podcast and on Instagram and talking about all my things because I think that's very one-sided. It's not that we fight, and it's not that he is in any way like radical or like far right, if that's what you're imagining. He's not smoking around, you know shouting about immigrants. He is just very, let's say, skeptical of a lot of the things that go on in the world. And he raises very, very questions. And I think it's important for me not to live in a bubble. I sometimes feel disconnected to the way that a lot of the world express themselves. And I like feeling connected. I get the same joy from my friendship with Jeff Norcott. If you don't know him, he's a very talented comedian. He has a book coming out um, where the left, how the left lost me. Is that what it's called? I'm sorry, Jeff. I don't know what it's called yet. It's coming out soon. And he's an amazing person who grew up with difficult um, set of circumstances, let's say, and he wishes no ill will toward anyone. 
I think we need to surround ourselves with people like that who disagree with us a little bit politically and to see that they have no ill will and to go, okay, so then where do your motivations come from? Why are you against this? Why are you scared of this? Why are you pro this? And if I'm going to keep an ongoing conversation with this nation and with people from other countries in the work that I do, then I do think it's important that I not become lost in an echo chamber of my celebrity friends. I want to know where other people are coming from. I'm genuinely curious. I'm genuinely interested. And it's not that bad. So I'm not going to get into it any more than that. It's not as bad as you think. The smoking, I appreciate, is really difficult to quit. And it's tough for Bobby because from what I can see, again, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but he came over here, married me right away, didn't realize that he wouldn't be allowed home for over a year to see any of his friends or anyone in his family. I think that could be very isolating and very stressful. And he lived in Italy for a while playing American football. I mean, I guess I won't call it Italian football. You know what I mean? The ball that it's not soccer, football. And that's when he started smoking because I think it's more uh, normalized there. And, And that's another example of just becoming engrossed in your culture whatever your surroundings and your circumstances are i think it's easier to behave that way if you didn't see the tweet what this letter is referring to is bobby's basically a professional golfer now and he came home one day and i could really smell smoke and i didn't think he was still smoking i was like what and you said oh well i smoke sometimes on the golf course so i concluded he's gone to all the trouble of becoming a professional golfer just to hide smoking from me we didn't have a big row about it or anything. I actually appreciate the effort that went into it. Imagine wasting all that time with a disgusting habit like golf just to be able to hide smoking from your wife. Oh my God, enough about me. This next email is called Huge Cock But Won't Commit. Catherine, thank you for your podcast and service to the nation for what is a shit storm of a year. I'm a 24-year-old boss lady in Suffolk. I have a good career. I worked really hard to purchase a house last year all by myself. Oh, I love hearing that so much. I started my own business a couple of years ago, which I'm so proud of this woman. I've been seeing a guy who's 31 for 10 months, most of it through lockdown, but we've known each other as friends for a few years. We've had a lot of fun together. He's been a massive support. Plus, he has a huge cock. I know I'm young, but I've always been very interested in huge cocks. No, I'm kidding. I know I'm young, but I've always been very independent and made informed decisions. I've worked really hard to get where I am, and I feel like I'm not far from having my shit together. Pause for a second. You absolutely have your shit together. Do you know how difficult it is? Let's take a moment to achieve the things that you have at age 24. You are an entrepreneur who owns her own property. Your grandmother would not have legally been able to do what you've already done. So you are lifting the ancestral trauma out of the women who came before you and your family and healing them from beyond, you know, their grave. Do you, or if she's dead, do you know what I mean? Great grandma, if not, did you even know that was possible? You are creating magic with your achievements. And so your shit is together. So start from there. This guy's got a big cock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming to you whose shit is together. He lives in Birmingham and I live in Suffolk, so a three-hour drive in between. I love that you've mapped it out, given me the specifics. Over the last month, I asked him how he feels about the future, and when asked, he recently said he had never thought about getting married or having kids, and still says it's not a priority for him right now, but he does want to be with me forever. I, on the other hand, feel like I really want to get married and have children within the next two to five years, which I think is sensible. Let's face it, my eggs aren't getting any younger. 
Neither of us wants to give up our job to relocate either. These conversations have led to me ending the relationship. Because without blowing my own horn, blow it. I'm independent. I have a great future. I have a lot ahead of me and I know my worth. I said this to the man-child. I said I love him, but I don't want to waste the rest of my 20s with someone who doesn't have any intention or want to commit. I'm not going to beg someone to marry me, and I have other guys that have expressed their interest in dating me. That sounds very formal. (laughs) They have submitted an application, they have formally expressed their interest, and I will be holding interviews in a fortnight. I have never humored these men because I'm in a committed relationship and I absolutely adore this guy, despite being a see-how-it-goes kind of man and an obnoxious vegan. (laughs) I know people have different beliefs and differences of opinion, but I've always wanted to get married and ultimately build a future together where we can travel while we're still young, enjoy our careers, and in time have a beautiful family. I'm allowed to want what I want, right? He still says he wants me forever, but he can't tell me what I want to hear, which is working toward moving in, marriage, and ultimately, babies. He's always respected me and has always treated me very well. He brings me tea and pancakes in bed in my days off, says he absolutely adores me and wants to be with me forever, which is why I don't get it. Do I throw a good guy out the window and stick to my guns on how I want my future to look? Or do I stay for what I feel may be a waste of time or could be a very happy relationship and even the love of my life? Where to begin? Few things to point out. At your age, I wish I had known that good guys can still be the wrong guys. Someone does not have to be a complete nightmare to be just not well suited for you and your goals, which I feel you've laid out really clearly here. It's not unreasonable if this is what you plan for your life in the same way it wasn't unreasonable for you to achieve business ownership and buying a house. That might sound crazy for other people, but for you, this is what you want and you went and got it. You are someone who gets what you want. Having said that, 31, I'm not surprised to hear a man not ready to settle down and talk about children and stuff because their biological urgency is different from ours. At 31, if you are a cisgendered woman, the doctors will start saying to you, oh, what's your plan? Your fertility is going to fall off a cliff at 35. Those are the words they use, fall off a cliff at 35. That's not to say I don't have friends who are 45 having babies naturally, but the reality for us is different than the reality for them in terms of that time scale. And a respectful partner who truly believes in equality needs to be realistic about that. And I honestly believe needs to chip in to freeze your eggs if he wants to make you wait. I also believe the right partner does not require convincing. And I read a long time ago that if you are of marrying mindset and age, that it takes the perfect little sweet spot is between six months and 12 months. You guys don't live together. You're in a long distance relationship and neither one of you is prepared to quit their job. So my advice is, do you definitely need to break up with this guy right now? No. I think personally, you should continue to be very honest with him, maybe even to the point that you start seeing other people and you say, I really like you. I I always headline about the big cock when I describe you to strangers. I think you're great in many ways, but I worry that you might hold my plans hostage. And I worry that potentially you don't see the timeline in my life with the same respect that I do. And I want things that you aren't ready for. So I'm going to keep looking around. I wish it could be you. Let me know if uh, you see it going that way. Otherwise, we are no longer exclusive. And then it's not you throwing him away, as you say. It's you putting the ball in his court and saying, 
I love you. You are the person for me. But if you disagree, then I'm going to keep this train moving along. Have you got a ticket or not? And never forget that good men can sometimes still be the wrong men. And that's okay. Here's an email from a dad. You know how I feel about dads. I love them. Catherine, my oldest daughter is 14. On a fairly regular basis, she comes in after walking home from school feeling angry or upset about the group of boys who walk the same route, constantly hassling her and her friends. Usually the harassment is fairly tame, stupid, rude, teenage shit. Insults about appearance, clothes, hair, anything. She used to give as good as she got, but as so often seems to be the case, this only seemed to encourage them further. So she's now attempting a policy of trying to avoid their gaze, walk a different route, etc. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Aha, so how young we are, 14, when we learn to alter our behavior to accommodate these loud, belligerent men. Anyway, more recently it has escalated. It's taken on more of a sexual tone and has been more upsetting for her as a result. I've always had the sense that she was holding back with some of what she told us, but earlier this week she came home crying and it all spilled out. They've been shouting from behind her in the street, making threats to get her pregnant, dump a load in her knickers, and have previously made casual references to rape in the same way one might threaten to steal someone's dinner money. Oh, I can't imagine what it feels like. I'm fucking incensed, sir, if I may say. I can't imagine what it feels like being her father, having my teenage... This is why I need to get my life in order, because if my teenage can can we all just take a minute to appreciate that you know a lot about me what would i do if my teenage daughter came home crying about a group of boys threatening to rape her um i'd be in prison i'd be in prison so well done for writing this email from i can see your iphone and they don't allow you to have those in jail so i can tell you're safely tucked at home and you've got a good head on your shoulders We talked for a while and I explained to her that she shouldn't have to tolerate this, which includes the fact that she's already having to do more than she should, yes, by changing her route, let alone listen to this kind of thing and feel the kind of fear that comes with it. I told her I would raise this with the school, which she was happy for me to do. The school were great. I emailed them that night and by 3 p.m. the next day, the head teacher had spoken to me. Their safeguarding officer had spoken to my daughter, spoken to the boys in question, and had also registered her concerns with social services and the police nice school. It's now four days later and I've had conversations with two different police officers who contacted me to follow up on this. There's a crime reference number. They've taken a victim statement from my daughter and they're going into the school next Monday to speak to the boys with the hope that this will give them enough of a shock and a reality check to shut their faces. Well, I don't know what school this is, but school, if you are listening to my podcast and you recognize yourself in this story, I love that action is really taken now. I think The different bullying safeguards and abuse safeguards that they have are so much more advanced than they used to be. And I absolutely love hearing that they acted swiftly on this. This has been very stressful for my daughter, and I'm starting to get the sense from her that she wished she'd never brought it up. I had made a commitment to her to act on it, and I'm genuinely impressed with how quick and proactive everyone has been. I didn't expect it to go this far so quickly, but it means a lot to me that it's been taken seriously. But for her, it's been unsettling. She's had to relive this over and over, and she's now, if anything, more frightened as she feels like recriminations might come next. I feel like by trying to do the right thing, I may well have made her life harder than easier. Have I done the right thing? We have a great relationship, so how do I make sure this experience doesn't make her wary of sharing her worries with me in the future? 
Hmm. Oh, I haven't mentioned my wife in this. She's been very supportive of my response and her instinct was to kick all the boys in the balls and then make series of extremely violent threats to their parents. Oh, good. I knew you have a cool wife. All right. You are such great parents. Ugh. Of course you've done the right thing. And I have friends, adult friends, powerful friends, even who have been assaulted and who've told me about it, but they won't take it any further because even for a very grown up, strong person, the repercussions and the shame of all of this, even though it doesn't make sense maybe to you or to me, like there's nothing that your daughter should be ashamed of. She should be very proud actually, because by coming to you and by following through with this, she may have saved other people from the same harassment, but if she wants to look at the boys with a kind heart, God bless her for that. She has saved them from a life of crime like imagine no one ever checked these boys on their behavior and then they grew up they thought it was okay and they actually hurt someone or they actually made a threat that got them completely banged up or worse you know bad things can happen this behavior only results in bad 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 things so nipping it in the bud when everybody's 14 with a little scare as you say i believe is exactly the right thing to do those boys are blessed by this intervention. If that's what your daughter's worried about, let her know how blessed they are that they didn't run into me or my child or even your child in front of me because I don't have the clear head that you had and we would all be in jail. The boys, no, it, like a hospital jail, me, it would be so bad. And so this is a wonderful second chance for them. Tis a far greater thing to be corrected at 11 or 14 than it is to be corrected at 18, 19. I know I may come across like a bad, bad bitch, but I was raised in this society, in this culture where I wanted to please people. I wanted to do the right thing. I think in my generation, certainly girls were raised to be nice and to keep the peace. And so when we disrupt that equilibrium, even for good, we feel automatically like we've upset someone somewhere and that comes with shame. And I think that's probably some of what your daughter's feeling right now. I'm sure it feels very exposing and it feels like, oh gosh, she has created a problem. But she hasn't, obviously. You and I know that. Putting myself in her 14-year-old shoes, I do think she'll suffer for a little while because that balance has been upset and Big people are getting involved now, the headmaster and the police, and she's scared. There's just no getting around that. It's only time that's going to heal that distance from this event. And I think that's wonderful for a 14-year-old young woman to learn that things can go really badly. And then she has a support system to help her fix those things. And she's a really good dad and a really good mom. Well, a mom who's a bit like me, and I'm really glad for both of us that we had you to intervene. And that people can be corrected and people can learn. And these boys are not going to come after her. Can you imagine how stupid that would be? Like they'd be in such big trouble then. And after all of it dies down, she will learn that standing up for herself is very powerful and it's really important. And it sets a message to all of her peers and when the shock of this wears off, which it always does, she'll learn that things go crazy in life and then they get better and things will go crazy again. And I think girls who don't see it get better, 
those are the ones that get in this tailspin of, oh, things are bad and things will always be bad. And that's it. You know, they're very fatalistic that way. Your daughter has this lovely experience where things went fucking crazy. Police got involved and soon it's going to be okay. And she's going to start feeling proud of herself, I'm sure. And then she's going to start feeling safer on the walk home. And then other kids are going to feel safer about the whole situation. And she's going to get a little reputation for being someone that you don't mess with. And other girls would be safer for her. So it just has to run its cycle, I think. Um, Give it a little bit of time. But of course you all did the right thing. I love her. I love you. She's got zero guilt in this. Remind her how many people she's actually helped. Because all these teenagers, they watch each other. That's their favorite thing to do, is watch each other and blend in. And if this behavior became pervasive in the school and nobody was reporting it, then, then it would grow. And more kids could get themselves in trouble and more kids could be harassed. And your daughters put a stop to that. And you. So this is going to die down. I love this. Thank you so much for being such a great dad. And thanks for your letter. Well, the freaking bonanza turned into just three emails again, but they were long and they were very important. And don't worry, because I will be back in less than a week with another Christmas podcast. I think we should talk to Jen about some cool Christmas items. Who knows what kind of shenanigans I'll get up to this week. Ooh, spoiler. Okay, I'm going to do this in a very safe way, but I am working in a different country. (gasps) Exotic. Oh my gosh, I haven't traveled in so long. I've had 100 tests. I'm going to be isolating all these businesses. Don't worry, but I'm probably going to be coming to you from another country. Who can guess what it will be? If you'd like to write me an email about anything else, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.